parlay triple whoozie whatsy down <laughs> around the corner bend <laughs> asshole on at seven twenty six over under. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do an intro. This is Puff Puff Pass the Popcorn. It's still a podcast, even though it's been like a month. <laughs> pew, 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 pew. Recorded anything. I'm I almost said I'm Caitlin. That's not true. You're Caitlin. And I'll be Rachel. That's fine. We can do that today. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're Rachel. I'm Kate. Okay, we can do that too. This is our podcast. Uh, yep classic though <laughs> already burping in the mic so are you gonna cut that out probably not <laughs> this is redonk how many diet cokes have you had this morning you know I what never am, mind i don't know i have had no diet cokes i'm just drinking my my liquid death iced tea thingy donnie okay. really wants me to say liquid death as many times as possible because he wants a sponsorship because he really likes liquid death so mm, canned water but i think before that happens we'd be sponsored by a24 because last week we did or last week yeah as if last episode we did everything everywhere all at once which was an mm -hmm. a24 film this week we did uncut gems which is another a24 film and if you're Julia Fox, you have to pronounce it like uncut jams. <laughs> <laughs> we also started following A24 on Instagram too. So that's a thing. So if you are on Instagram and you like to scroll and you want to see silly videos, um, <laughs> tap in or whatever the kids say. Yeah. You know, I've made I've made a couple pretty good reels on our Instagram considering I've never made a reel before in my life. And I made one just like a little silly one about like our husbands and coworkers cheering us on. And that one got like it's climbing up to like 600 views. So I was feeling a little big for wow. my riches. And I was like, "Cute. I'm going to make another one." And it's at like 34 views. So that was humbling. You can't win them all. You truly cannot. <laughs> truly cannot. Should we? How you been? How you been, buddy? Oh, hey, how's hi? How's it going? Hey, hi, it's fine. Um, we're recording in the morning, so yeah, I have no sense of self. We're still working on the existential dread hump, getting over mm -hmm. that and realizing, um, you know, what we're doing on a microscopic level today. Things have been tight. Tight, 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 as uh, Tuco Salamanca would say. Went on vacation. We were on a houseboat for a week. That was super tight. Yeah, so I was in the shower the other day, which isn't as cool as being on a houseboat. <laughs> but I was thinking of recording, and I was thinking of, like, how all great podcasts have, like, their cute little check-in thing, you know? Like, sure, whatever. Like, And that's why we drink talks about, like, why they drink that week. Last podcast on the left, they have, like, you know, just like this running continuous thing. So I was like, we need something like that. So I, Caitlin, I want to know what your main character moment of the week has been. Like when you were feeling peak main character energy this week. Peak main character energy. 
And I, at first when I was thinking of it, I was like, she's going to say it's because she went on the houseboat. It but is. It could, it could be something else. So I wanted to ask. No, it was definitely houseboat related. Had a really great time just being out on the water with family. Yeah. Every, every time I put like, you know, three Trulies down uh, before lunch, I'm having a good time. And I definitely get that main character energy there. <laughs> I did not get to go on the houseboat because I'm a slave to capitalism and I had to work. <laughs> also, I'm a slave to the public education system. So I was not able to get the time off to go to work. But I don't know. I feel like my main character energy moment was probably getting my new job. I got a new job for oh, the next school year. Right. Congratulations on growing up and being a boss bitch. Thank you. I liked how that went from a song into like a really smooth compliment. So yes, thank you. Um, I'm hoping it'll give me a little bit better work-life balance and it will also give me more money in my pocket. So that's sweet. So yes, should we talk about Uncut Gems? Let's talk about Uncut Gems because I have a lot to say. Um, okay. Is this my pick? I don't remember. I think it came up and we talked about it and I was like, oh, that movie's fucking good. We have to do it on the podcast. But can I tell you why I wanted to do it so hard on this podcast? Sure, sure. You go. Um, Because we got a gift from a listener. I don't know if your ADHD lizard brain remembers this. It didn't. So... I just remembered it. This <laughs> what is happening? Okay, go. Okay, so a couple weeks ago, I think it was between Malignant and Everything Everywhere All at Once. I was talking with Donnie about movies we wanted to do. And he made some joke about how we should do something by Adam Sandler. And I was like, well, there is Uncut Gems, which is like one of Adam Sandler's best movies, in my opinion. So I was like, yeah, maybe we'll do Uncut Gems. He went to work and he told his friend Jay, hey, Jay, what's up, Jay? Hi. And I think Jay is one of the only people who is, like, not our moms or our husbands. <laughs> you only have just one mom, right? <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> I was trying to make it sound like we have more listeners, but we don't. So it's our mom <laughs> and our husbands, which I don't even think your husband listens. No, he doesn't. It's just <laughs> mom and Donnie and my coworkers. And Jay, apparently. And Jay. Jay. Hi, Jay. Welcome. Even Have you us. liked my real Jay? I'm hilarious. <laughs> like the real Jay. <laughs> so, Jay, Donnie told Jay that we were thinking of doing this movie. And Jay was like, oh, that's so cool. Whatever. I wasn't there for the conversation, but I'm assuming he was like, wow, your wife and her sister are really talented podcasters. And I just really want to support them. So, he gave Donnie a gift to give to me. <laughs> And it is Uncut Gems related. So this That's is amazing. This is a t-shirt and it looks like just a regular whatever t-shirt. But one, it's really soft and I appreciate that. Two, oh, I guess nice. it's some like limited edition t-shirt oh. from like the premiere. And Jay was like, oh, it's worth a lot of money. So you guys can sell it. And I was like, I'm never fucking selling this ever. Mm -mm. <laughs> we gotta frame so. that t-shirt. Right. Okay, that's what I said, and which that's perfect because um, I'm too fat for it, so I can't wear it. But even if I could, I don't want to wear it because it's amazing. So that's I am so gonna awesome. frame this. So yeah, Jay gave us I this love it. amazing so T-shirt. It says Uncut Gems on the front, and then on the back, it has a picture of 
Kevin Garnett, Adam Sandler, Julia Fox, Adina Menzel, the dude who played Arno, which I don't really know what his last name is, and Lakeith Stanfield. It's pretty dope. I don't know, Jay. I don't know where you got this, but just That's know. That's so amazing. I love it, it so like much. our prized possession, and I'm going to frame it and put it on the wall behind us for recording. Donnie actually had it hung up in the back. So he was oh, like, it's there you perfect. go. So you have the perfect see. wall space. Uh, thank know. you so much, Jay, for giving us our very first ever podcast gift. It makes me feel so official. I, I can't. I cannot. So that's why I was like, okay, Uncut Gems is getting bumped up on the list because I could not Bump. keep the secret of our first gift. Like, Jay, I don't think you realize how excited we are. So seriously. No, this is, this is really exciting, especially <laughs> considering the fact that uh, Rachel received this t-shirt before we recorded our third episode and she made me wait for this. So Yeah, but you forgot. You forgot and, that we got and, a gift. And, and. <laughs> I also wanted to shout out, just in case anyone is in the Sacramento area, Jay's, some of his family members, like, co-own this restaurant in, like, little taqueria moment out in Roseville. So it is called El Azteca and it is on Foothills Boulevard. So if you are in the area, which, mom, I know that you are, Donnie, we gotta go. Me and Donnie, we tried for so long to go to the restaurant before we recorded this this episode for the podcast because I wanted to be able to talk about how bomb the food is, but things happen, bills happen, life happened. So Donnie and I are going this week and I don't know, I'm going to be live on Instagram or make a reel or something about it. So yes, all the amazing people on the back of that t-shirt are starring in this film, Adam Sandler, Julia Fox, um, which Julia Fox is... If you don't know who she is, Google her and you will recognize her from every TikTok ever. <laughs> she was she did some red carpet appearance for something and she had that crazy like thick black eyeliner over her entire eye in that dress that was like a black hand <laughs> on her neck. But this was her first appearance in a film. It was her acting mm -hmm. debut, which she was fucking incredible in this movie. Also love how she played a character with also her same first name. That's fun. It makes sense because they kind of did that with a lot of them. Like people just played themselves. Or they Kevin Garnett them. played himself the whole Kevin time. Kevin Garnett played Kevin Garnett. Lakeith Stanfield did not play anyone with his same first name. His character's name is Damani. But Lakeith Stanfield is fucking incredible. We could do a whole podcast just on Lakeith Stanfield. Isn't He's he an Oscar winner? He better be. He better be. He's amazing. Best be. He was in just mm. off the top of my head and nothing else. Um, he was in Get Out. Uh, that one show about the smoking, right? No, it. I, I'm it's not. It's you're thinking of Thank You for Smoking, but it's not <clears throat> that. He was actually in Sorry to Bother You. Okay. And he that was also is in Atlanta. A good, crazy absurd movie. If you yeah. like an absurd movie, Sorry to Bother You. He was also in Atlanta, which Atlanta, woo, that's a good fucking show. This could be an Atlanta podcast. It's got Donald Glover, a.k.a. Chouch Gambino. That's Love. good. Um, but yeah, Lakeith Stanfield, he hasn't been in a ton, but whatever he's in, it's fucking incredible. It is. I'm a Lakeith Stanfield stan. Are you a Lakeith Stan fan? Yes, I am. <laughs> <laughs> also had uh, Kevin Garnett, who 
is a basketball player. I don't know if he still is. See, here's the thing. I really like basketball, but I'm a West Coast basketball girly. She said, don't talk to me about the East Coast. Listen, you know, you would think with a a freaking billionaire Adam Sandler in this movie that this would be about him. And, you know, the premise of this movie is following Adam Sandler as a, like, gambling addict who owns a jewelry store who is, like, trying to wheel and deal and getting caught in the middle of some shit. And you'd think that would be the main plot. But if you ask me, this movie is just about Kevin Garnett's journey into being a crystal witch. <laughs> I had no idea where you were going with that, but that is an no. astute observation. It is. <laughs> and if <laughs> considering the fact that <laughs> this is the first time we've covered a movie that we've both previously seen before. When I went back to rewatch it, I was like, okay, yeah, show me about Adam Sandler because this was crazy the first time around. This was a Mr. Toad's wild jewel ride. But no, I got way elevated and I watched this and I was like, no, Kevin Garnett's just like getting in touch with the elements here. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> See, my note was that, you know, this is just purely a movie about. It seems like it's a movie about a gambling addict, but really it's just a really good movie about basketball. <laughs> but no, you're more correct. It's yeah. about yeah. it's about Kevin Garnett being a crystal witch. <laughs> and honestly, I think it's just it's perfect that they picked him. He did such a good job too. Yeah. So yes, Adam Sandler replaced uh Jonah Hill. Because Adam Sandler's manager rejected the script for him at first, but he accepted the role once he was um, able to read the script. And he also talked to his wife about it. And she was like, dude, you got to do this movie. So he replaced Jonah Hill, who I think also would have been incredible. But Mm -hmm. they said he was just a little bit too young for the role, which I can see. And Kevin Garnett's role was written with Kobe Bryant in mind. But by the time the script was done, Kobe really only wanted to direct and he didn't want to act in it. Do you think Kobe and Kevin will ever get together to do like a Crystal Witch series? (laughs) Uh, No, Caitlin, because Kobe Bryant is dead. (laughs) (laughs) Just like a major... How did I forget that? Major pop culture thing that you just pushed out of your brain. Yeah, That's he died in, a, died in a helicopter crash. With I, I know I this. This information is inside of my head. Why did the words come out of my mouth? Listen, a girl can dream. This movie also has a 91% on Rotten Tomatoes. So for me, Rotten Tomatoes is like my go-to. If it's got above like a 75, it's going to be a pretty good movie in my mind. So 91% up there pretty far but it only has 51 percent on rotten tomatoes by viewers so people either love it or they hate it but i honestly don't know what people could hate about this movie i do not subscribe to the reviews for movies rotten tomatoes uh stars percentages any of that i don't care what type of reviews a movie gets and i don't base what i watch off of that 
for me, that's just like filler. That's just like random fluffer. Like I don't, I'm, I'm here for a good time. Hey man, don't say that. Cause we have our own rating system that we're coming up with and it's basically you giving everything fours and fives. <laughs> that's because I cannot be limited to five simple stars. I need it. <laughs> I need the universe. Do you want to talk about how high you got for this movie? Yes, I do. Okay, so I don't know where you streamed this movie, but I eventually ended up watching it through Amazon Prime because I have Showtime through there, and that's how I was able to view this. But initially, I was under the assumption that I needed to be on Paramount uh, Plus to do that. So I smoked my little joint or whatever, and then I tried to sign up for Paramount Plus <laughs> on my TV with my remote. I was so lit. There's no point in doing that. And I was like, this isn't working. Got on the computer, signed up, and I was like, okay, let's watch it. Guess what? You need premium to watch this movie. Okay, upgrade me to premium, $11 a month. Let's go. Please sponsor us. Guess what? Could not get logged in on the app on the TV, texting Trevor about it in the middle of the night going, um, so here's the thing. I am high and this is difficult. And he's like, why don't you just watch it on Amazon Prime? Three minutes later, we're there. I'm sad. I still haven't canceled the subscription. We might just stick with it. It's really hard to know. And mind you, this is all between midnight and 1 a.m. attempting to go for it. I made myself an entire family-sized bag of bacon Caesar salad to eat while I watch this movie. And I think I also took an edible on top of that, too. So I was high. Like, as soon as I started coming down off the joint, I started getting high with the edible. So it was a great, crazy mix. Give me one second, I'm going to find out what I smoked. So there's this company called American Weed Co. And they make these rocket things, which are half gram joints that are infused with THCA. And they're American grown, veteran owned and all that. But they have a strain called Devil's Dawn. And these things are dusted with keef on the outside. So it is potent. And then to follow that, I did a heavy hitters blueberry Blitz blue dream sativa gummy situation, which is actually 20 milligrams of pop. So um suffice to say, she was elevated. I know some of those words. Yeah. Um <laughs> if you know if you know those words, you know those words. But um yeah, potent all around. Nice. Were you at all stressed out during this movie while you were high? So actually, no. And I went sativa heavy because I know we had said at the end of the last episode that we wanted to attempt to induce anxiety because the first watch through of this movie, I mean, and we've talked about rewatch value before, but initially setting into this movie, you're going to have like the holy cow, what is happening? Why are you making these choices, my guy? Um <laughs> type of mentality and I was just like let's go on the same ride but with the rewatch value um I feel like it kind of lessened that intensity just a little mm -hmm. bit because you kind of you know have like the big idea of what's coming and spoilers and all that with the rewatch value I would still say it's up there it's a great movie it's a fun time to watch 
Um, but at the same time, the shock value wasn't mm. as crazy. So I did not have as much anxiety or panic that I thought it thought I was going to have during this movie, which is fine because I just <laughs> I love Kevin Garnett so much. Mm -hmm. But it was still a good time, even though I was up to like four o'clock in the morning. The first time I watched this, I was like, oh, an Adam Sandler movie. I bet it's going to be funny. I just put it on. I was at a stage in my life during COVID where I didn't want to watch the trailer or look up a movie or know what it was about. I would see it and say, oh, it's got Adam Sandler. Sure. Let's whatever, go. And put it on. Or, yeah, I've seen that this is coming out on Netflix and it's number one on the charts. Take me on a ride. So I did the same thing with this movie. Zero out of ten recommend if you have anxiety. Because the first time I watched it, I was like at home in the middle of COVID quarantine, just sitting on my couch like, oh my god, oh my god, what the fuck is happening? Oh my god, I said, oh my god, why is he doing that? Why is he raising enough bet? He owes people money. And so, honestly, it's just it's just bad financial choices. So yeah, yeah. That's all. If so, bad financial choices doesn't give you anxiety, I think it's safe to say you're fine. Right. I had less of that this time around, but I think because I was much more level-headed and not as anxious this time because I knew a little bit what to expect, I wasn't as horrified and terrified the entire time, but I was able to kind of track the story better. Like, okay, well, he made this bet over here, but he owed money to these people. And now when he, his plan, when he gets paid off with that bet is to pay these three other people. But one of those people he fucked over by giving away their Michael Jackson cross <laughs> and pawning that a while ago. So you're able to like pull the threads together more. So it still stressed me out, but in a more logical, less anxiety, fight or flight brain way. I mean, everyone was in the middle of fight or flight in the middle of COVID, so. <laughs> yeah. I can talk about my snack, but it was fucking awful, so. <laughs> <laughs> you sent me that picture of it, and I was like, what in <laughs> the melted white trash <laughs> wannabe so honky nacho is this? So usually in my notes, I have like movie intro, snack, smoke, and then whatever else. But under snack, I just have trash because I completely <laughs> ruined this snack. So from here on out, this is my public declaration. I am fucking done trying to match the food to the movie that I'm watching. I'm not, I can't care about that anymore. Because I, it was really important to me for this movie because Adam Sandler is Jewish the Safdie brothers are Jewish. This whole movie is based on the Safdie brothers' father, who's worked with this other Jewish guy named Howard. So it was really important to me. I was like, I should try to make some sort of a food or a snack from the Jewish people. So I was like, I've heard of latkes. I'm going to make latkes but apparently you need like fresh potato to do that and you have to like shave it and mix it with matzo ball and i don't have any of that and i didn't have the money to buy any of that yeah you did have the caucasity i did it, because what i did have is betty crocker instant mashed potatoes roasted oh, garlic flavor oh you <laughs> did not 
I was looking up latke recipes and I knew I don't have the things that I need to make like a true honorable latke. So I'm going to look up potato pancakes, which is similar, but not at all the same. Mm. And I was like, oh, it's just mashed potatoes and egg and like a little bit of cheese and like cornstarch if you need to like thicken it up a little bit. <laughs> it didn't work. <laughs> it yeah, didn't no, work. No. Not with an instant mash, not even work. a little bit. I was even, I was so mad. I have a three-day weekend. So yesterday I attempted to not look like a goblin. I put on makeup, tried to do something with my hair because I was like, I'm going to film some like content for an Instagram reel of me like trying to cook these potato pancakes. <laughs> and No, I saw the two videos you sent me. It, You guys... Tune in for the real. It's not good. It's not Tune good. in for the real. You tried. <laughs> sure did. So I Why wished... did you want to do a portion of this podcast to include something that you're bad? <laughs> because I'm not bad at eating. Look at me. <laughs> Anyways, I want to fucking die now because I have just disrespected Judaism <laughs> as a whole. You know, I apologize to all of my Jewish friends, especially you, Miriam. You'd be so disappointed in me. <laughs> Honestly, I mean, like, considering the fact that we're in this day and age where, like, actual Nazis are roaming the streets, like, she had the caucasity to try a little bit. It was not great. It was not a nailed it. It was definitely a failed it. But, um, you but know. But it was also, I respect. knew I didn't have the things I needed to make, like. Oh, you definitely didn't. You tried it with instant Jewish mash, dish. bro. <laughs> so I was like, what is the gentrified version of this? And even that didn't work. So I think I should have just gotten a McDonald's breakfast hash brown and called it a day. <laughs> that would have been oh lord that would have been closer to a latke and it would have been better and i wouldn't have made a mess in my kitchen so from here on out the snack is not going to match the theme of the movie and if that pisses you off well mom fuck off <laughs> okay let's get into this dang thing <laughs> my body is ready i want to talk about it it's been an hour of chit chat so we probably should yeah it's go time Okay. So the movie opens in the Wello mine in Ethiopia in the fall of 2010. Close your eyes. Picture Good year. yourself there. Are you there? It's hot. And someone fucked their leg up in the mine. The mine workers are rushing to get people out of the mine. And one dude has this gnarly, like, is it called a compound break when your bone is showing through your leg? Because that's, no, that's actually an open fracture. Oh, it was nasty. It's an open fracture. Bone sticky outside of your skin open yeah gross bleedy a lot um there's like some executive looking dudes who are showing up and there's obviously like major upset between them and the mine workers because i mean this dude's got a broken leg and obviously things in the mine and ethiopia working conditions aren't great surprise yeah probably not super good so down inside of the mine, two workers break a piece of rock off of the wall and they're kind of chipping away at it until they reach the inside, which is this really like beautiful kind of glittery looking bluish green material. 
And the camera starts to pan inside of the gem while this kind of like psychedelic music is playing. And in the opening credits, it looks like we're just taking a tour through how pretty this gem is. But then it turns into like a weird flesh looking thing. And then the camera pans out and we were inside of Adam Sandler's colon getting a colonoscopy. <laughs> So, yes, we are introduced to Adam Sandler's character, Howard Ratner. They call him Howie a lot in this, but I don't know. Howard just rolls off the tongue easier. So we are in New York City, 2012, and Howard is arguing with someone named Yussi. Was it Yussi or Yussi? Yussi. Yussi. So him and Yussi are on the phone talking about some issue with someone named Arno as... Howard picks up a package and he's heading into his jewelry store. He's trying to greet customers while also dealing with some people that Arno have sent over. They are definite uh, goon type characters, like hired <laughs> help, you know. And Howard asks them if they want water and they say no, but he's getting it for them anyways because he's trying to be like, you know, the host with the most. And he tells the goons that he's in a bit of a rush. And one of them just pops off and wham, slaps him in the face because he's like, uh, bitch, I didn't want water, but Howard got him for it anyways. And one of the goons says that it is in Howard's best interest to find some time to talk. We don't really know what's going on, but it seems like he's in some shit. And I got to say, throughout this whole movie, Adam Sandler's character, Howie, is very much the type of person who will talk consistently, does not stop talking, and is always kind of like in the zone and trying to persuade people or, you know, convince them to, you know, say a certain thing, buy a certain thing. Very much used car salesman vibes, for mm -hmm. sure. Um, and just that type of person where you can't really get a word in edgewise and this goon might not have been able to if he wasn't straight up slapping him in the face being like, look, eyes right here, pay attention, I'm yeah. the captain now, um, <laughs> which is just so fun to watch and it really adds to the chaotic energy of the movie for sure. Howard tries to call Arno to kind of have a discussion with him about what's going on. And the goons tell Howard that Arno is ignoring him on purpose as they kind of start to shake him down for money. They take his watch, et cetera, et cetera. Howard calls Arno again, and he's just pissed that he sent collectors to his office. And he said that the watch that the goons took is worth like 20 grand, and he wants that taken off the 100 grand he owes Arno. And Howard is like, I'm literally minutes away from closing the biggest deal of my life. So it's obvious that... Howard owes Arno quite a bit of money, and these goons are here to make his life a living hell until he pays that money back. Also, what 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 a crazy amount of audacity to like haggle the price of the amount of money that you owe based off of you know what people are taking for you. Like, yeah. oh well, if you took this, this, that, and the other, like straight up nickel and diming his <laughs> hundred grand bill that he has to a dude by like, well, I gave you my watch and that's got to be at least worth this amount. <laughs> yeah. Like maybe just keep those numbers in your mind and bring that up at the end when you're paying. No, him. not Howie. Not Howie. So in this scene, Howard is walking into an apartment building and there's a ton of like way younger girls hanging around, like not underage, but 
if it was t- like 10 years ago maybe oh i would be surprised underage. if they were 23 yeah <laughs> and he's trying to get one of them in bed out of bed and he's like you're super late to work bitch like what are we doing he says that she's taking advantage of him and they're kind of arguing back and forth about work He's like, oh, well, I've got these kids and I'm so tired and stressed out. And she's like, um, do you want to stay mad or do you want to get in bed and cuddle? <laughs> and he got in bed to cuddle her. So it's obvious that this is like a girlfriend type character for him. Mm-hmm. It's at this time that she's also showing Howard pictures from a photo shoot that she did with The Weeknd, as in the artist The Weeknd. And I thought this was funny because Howard's like, what the fuck is the weekend? <laughs> it kind of shows like their age difference a little bit. Um, and I think she's like, I think Julia is like a model or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so, too. That or photographer. I don't know. Hard to tell. Howard then goes into a pawn shop and he sells a chain with Michael Jackson on a cross and he gets about <laughs> 24,000 for it, which seems pretty high. So it must be That's crazy. Must be worth a lot more because usually pawn shops like lowball the fuck out of you. And he immediately tries to take that money to put in some bets with the bookie who wants absolutely nothing to do with him, but <laughs> finally gives in when he sees that Howard actually does have the money on him. And Howard takes a call halfway through placing his bets. And he's like, Kevin Garnett is coming to my showroom. I got to get the fuck out of here. He is so excited for Kevin Garnett to come to his showroom. I am too. Honestly, I was. And at the time I was like, oh shit, are they the, when, when I first saw it, I was like, are they actually going to have Kevin Garnett? And it actually is Kevin Garnett. (laughs) If Kevin Garnett didn't play Kevin Garnett, who would have played him? Carrie Cruz. <laughs> I like that you asked a question, answered your own question. I, it would just be so fun. Can we do a remake? <laughs> when Howard gets back to his showroom, there are two very large security guards who are, we assume that they are there with uh, KG, and they are roughing up Arno's goons from before. And the goons are pissed, and they tell Howard that Basically, he's dead meat. You're dead meat, son. (laughs) You're going to get your legs, brother. Yeah, and they'll be shoveling dirt over his head soon. And Howard's like, I don't fucking care because KG is in my showroom. So (laughs) Howard is totally schmoozing KG, offers to like put his earrings in the ultrasonic cleaner, and they're looking around, you know, the showroom, looking at all the jewelry. And one of the pieces in the showroom is a fucking massive iced out Furby on a chain. And the eyes move side to side. (laughs) And it's so different. I'm not like a big expensive jewelry person at all. But man, I would, if I was rich, I'd drop some cash on that thing. (laughs) You'd drop some cash on a Furby chain? Yeah, wouldn't you? (laughs) If you had all the money in the world? (laughs) I... (laughs) out of all of those pieces he has no i'd probably be dropping my money on watches and gems want to buy a sundial (laughs) (laughs) i love a deep hercules cut (laughs) (laughs) so good Oh, yeah. So, yeah, KG's looking around. Howard keeps gently telling him not to lean on the glass counters. He tells him, like, three or four times, but KG really is not listening. 
And Damani, who is played by the amazing Lakeith Stanfield, is talking up his own watch to KG. But Howard is really insistent on them, like, not having those watches. And he's obviously trying to redirect KG towards kind of some more expensive items. And it turns out these are Damani's line of watches, like, that he personally designed or something i guess i thought it was more so that damani owned those watches type of thing and he was just trying to sell them like you know how you can do like a consignment or whatever oh, yeah i thought he was trying to do something like that that's true it could be that and howard is basically like dude you can keep your shit in my safe but you're not selling them out of my showroom and damani is pissed he says he's gonna take kg to another showroom right as like a huge massive package shows up for howard and howard starts losing his shit he's super excited he's like kg don't leave what i got in this package is gonna blow your mind inside the package is a bunch of big ass fish <laughs> it's like what is going on why is he so excited over these fish and yes, he is arguing with Howard about being roughed by the goons, says he can't put up with Howard's shit. Howard's ripping into these frozen fishes. It was real chaotic. There's like 37,000 things going on. Howard finally pulls out a bubble-wrapped rock, and it's the same gemstone we saw from the beginning. And it's about the size of his hand. It's a pretty decent size. Yessie is still arguing with him, trying to get him to listen, but Howard is so mesmerized by this gem. All he says is, holy shit, I'm going to come. Iconic. <laughs> so good. I want that on a shirt. <laughs> so Howard wants to show KG the gem, and he starts explaining how he came across the gem. He was like, oh, I was watching the History Channel came across this documentary about a group a uh, group of like african jewish people who are stranded in ethiopia and they don't have much of anything but they all had these like precious black opals so howard ultimately managed to track them down and he bought one of the black opals from them and he said it took like 17 months to get to him but it's worth like three thousand dollars a carat so he's estimating it's worth like well over a million dollars and this whole time, like, how he's trying to show KG, like, a video on his phone of the History Channel. Be like, hey, can you watch this video on my phone? It's, like, so socially weird and so commanding and demanding. And it just really speaks to, you know, how full of himself his character is. Yeah, KG was watching it, though, which I thought was interesting. Yeah. KG, you know, he's just like, okay, guy, okay, I'm in your showroom. I'll, I'll watch a video on your phone. Yeah, and he's probably interested in, like, pretty obscure things, you know? I feel like oh, yeah. a lot of people who are rich and wealthy and have money, they like having cool shit. So if he's got something mm -hmm. cool that has to do with the History Channel, he wants to know what he's got. And KG's looking at the opal. He's fucking loving it. He loves all the colors. They're talking about how old it is. <laughs> they call it, like, a dinosaur gem as he's looking <laughs> into it. And there's a really cool scene, not a scene, it's just like a really quick moment where he's looking into the gem and you kind of see his life like flashing between the colors in the gem and like his basketball career mm -hmm. and stuff. And, but he is interrupted because he breaks the glass case from leaning on it too hard. And Howard's like, oh my guy, I told you that was going to happen. <laughs> Did you know that they rigged that to surprise break? Kevin like really truly didn't know 
when at what point that glass was going to break so the reaction on that is fully true it's like oh, nice. for real original shock so for some reason kg thinks that the glass breaking is some sort of sign that he needs the black opal but howard's like "Ooh, it is not for sale because it is set for auction which starts to piss kg off which is fair like why are you gonna show a rich dude something he can't buy KG <laughs> is trying to kind of reason with Howard and he asks to hold it for the night instead just because he feels like he's going to have a really good game with it on him. Howard really doesn't want him to take it, but everyone is pushing him and he finally agrees, but he's like, KG, you got to shout me out on Instagram and he wants some collateral <laughs> from KG as well. So he takes his Celtics championship ring and Howard says he needs the opal back from Damani by 9 a.m. What does Howard do with the Celtics ring? Oh, my God. He immediately turns around, runs down to the pawn shop, and <laughs> offers it up because he needs that fast cash. Immediately. And immediately. Uh, <laughs> I mean, like... Uh I started, I was uh, trying to take notes during this movie and it was not going well. Again, I mean, we were so high. We we're trying to sign up for subscriptions with a TV remote. Um, <laughs> but the few notes that I did take were just like, I want to track the series of bad decisions made by Howie. Yeah. The first of which is he lent off that black opal and he showed it to KG in the first place. I think uh -huh. he was just trying to like flex, but like he honestly should not have done that. He should have kept uh -huh. that low key, leave it in the fish, leave it in your office, sell KG, like, I don't know, a Furby chain or something and like move it along. <laughs> that was, that was like not the smartest decision, but then oh. he immediately turns around and pawns the Celtics ring. Like, are you kidding me? I don't have a gambling addiction. I wouldn't know. And I know it is an addiction, but like, come on, dude. He was talking about how much he loves basketball, how much he loves KG. He sent his son, who also really loves basketball, a picture mm -hmm. of the championship ring. And then he walks into a pawn shop and sells it. My notes literally say Howard's dumbass immediately takes the championship ring to pawn. <laughs> yep. Stupid. Immediately. So Not a second thought. No. Him and the fucking pawn shop shark <laughs> settle on $21,000 uh, with a 7% fee. But I don't know how pawn shops work. So I don't know what that means but whatever apparently he's got to come back by friday or else he loses the ring again i don't know how a pawn shop works let's take I... a field trip to one okay <laughs> we can do that <laughs> recording live from what's that place in vegas <laughs> pawn shops pawn stars no i'm not going there after the pawn shop, Arno's goons are following Howard around as he goes back to his bookie, of course, to add another 20000 mm -hmm. onto his bet. But he scraps it and changes the bet completely. And he made a bet that I don't understand. Because once again, just like pawn shops, I don't understand betting. And, was, and that's fine. And you can still enjoy this movie without understanding any of those things. But uh, it's complicated. Um, mm -hmm. It's based specifically on like how the whole gameplay is going to go. And he changes the, his entire thing up, puts more money down. But he puts more so, money on KG, specifically mm -hmm. doing really, 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 really well. So well, yeah, he just had a defining moment with this Opal. So, yeah. I mean, 
he had a crystal witch moment with this opal in his <laughs> showroom so he's like he knows he he's just he's got a feeling you know he's but charged he's also, and ready but he's also a gambling addict who mm. now has things that he is able to trade for money to trade for bets to trade for the high of gambling if you're a gambling addict there's probably a number or something to call i think it's 1-800 bet that shit <laughs> oh we should post the actual gambling addicts phone number in yeah, show yeah we should because i don't think it's that howard is watching the game at home and he is very stressed out watching the game and his wife comes out, yes, a wife, in addition to his girlfriend from before. Mm. She, is, mm, she is pissed at him and tells him that he's got to go say goodnight to his younger son. So Howard goes and he's laying in bed with his son, but he's watching the game on his phone. And he's like whispering, like, fuck yeah, yeah, oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> while his kid is like trying to sleep next to him. Also, Indina Menzel plays his wife. And like, mm -hmm. can you imagine what it would be like to have Elsa as your baby mama? <laughs> amazing he don't deserve her honest uh he goes back into the living room and his wife is watching some like real housewives of whatever bullshit show and he asks her to change it to espn she's still pissed at him and she said that she's tempted to bring the kids down and get it over with now and not wait until after passover and i just kind of assumed this meant that they're getting divorced which they never directly said that, but that's what it yeah. seems like. So he is in a cab headed back to the city as the game ends, and he won all the bets. So he's just fucking litty as a titty. He is, like, ready to go. Mm -hmm. He heads into Julia's apartment, but she's not there yet. So he, like, creepily hides, like, in the closet waiting for her to show up for some reason and watches her as she comes in and, like, undresses, and she sends him a little, like, sexy, naked picture. And he, like, pops out, rah, and scares her, like, right as she's got her hand down her fucking pants. So like, don't, dumb. Don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. The next morning, unfortunately, Damani is hella late getting the gem back to Howard. This is really, like, the first hint that things are not going to go well for Howard. Mm -hmm. Howard is trying to go into a meeting with the auction people who he needs to give the gem to mm -hmm. when Damani finally gets there, hopefully with the gem, but we know that he doesn't have the gem. And of course, Howard runs into someone else looking for money. So he gives him something that he says worth is worth like 15 grand. And he's like, get out of my fucking face and go. Was that his it. watch again? I think so. Yeah. It, and I almost want to believe that all these watches he's just given away are Damani's. They, I think they are because later <laughs> Damani goes to get his watches and he's like, where the fuck are all my watches? Like, there's only three in here. He's just giving them away to randoms to be like, here, settle the stat. Here, settle the stat. <laughs> yeah. So Damani pulls up. He's like, get in the car before I give you the opal. And the other dude he owed money to is trying to sell him more watches. And Howard's like, get the fuck out of my face. I don't want to buy any watches. Get out of here with that Bugazi shit. <laughs> <laughs> and Damani tells Howard that KG still has the opal. So Howard is like, well, let's fucking go back to Philly right now. Makes Damani drive back to Philadelphia to pull up on KG at practice and retrieve the opal. 
But when they get to Philly, Howard is asking Damani, like, are we going inside? Is KG meeting us outside? What's the situation? And he seems super excited to see the players. He's like, oh, I hope I get to see Rondo. <laughs> Damani even asks him, he's like, dude, why do Jewish people love basketball so much? <laughs> and Howard said, which I, I fact-checked this and it's true. He was like, I'll have you know that the first ever two points scored in the NBA were by a Jew. Ozzy Schechtman scored the first ever basket in the NBA. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. I don't know the details. I just like to watch. <laughs> <laughs> so Damani's really like booking it through the courts to find KG. Howard's fucking around. He like steals a ball, shoots a layup. He's having fun. It was <laughs> it was a good it was a good funny time. And Adam Sandler always loves flexing his basketball skills. He's why not? He's pretty good. Yeah. I guess they actually played basketball on set a lot. They would do like little pickup games. I mean, you got oh, to. Oh, how could you not? You're starring KG? in a movie with KG. Adam Sandler? <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> so Damani ends up ditching Howard and security basically won't let him through to go to the locker room to find Damani or to see KG. This is another one of those plot lines where, because the next scene, he's just randomly back like in Long Island for his daughter's play. Mm-hmm. And on the second rewatch, I was like, how did this motherfucker get back there? They never addressed it. Just all of a sudden, one minute, he can't get in the locker room. The next minute, he's at the play. But the next time he sees Damani or leaves him a voicemail or whatever, he says like, I had to ride a fucking bus home from Philly. Yeah. So they do they do a good job of just tying, tying up those that out. plot lines. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So at the, like I said, at his daughter's play in Long Island, he is blowing up Damani's phone and a couple of their like friends that are there with them are asking like, are you guys going on vacation this year? What are you doing for Passover? Whatever. Howard is super distracted trying to get a hold of Damani and he turns around at one point like messing with his kid and he sees Arno's goons at the recital watching him. So, yikes, deep shit. They're showing up to your kid's school. Yeah, that's scary. Mm -hmm. Howard just walks up to the goons, asks them if they can all speak outside, and they start fighting in the hallway of the school, and they're chasing each other around. They end up getting Howard in their SUV with Arno, and Arno is like, this is how it's going to be, bro. You're not behaving. They try to take the keys to Howard's Mercedes, but he is, of course, trying to, like, fast talk his way out of it. Says Mm -hmm. he's broke right now. I've got every intention of paying you back. Whatever. Howard, I guess, sent Arno a picture of the money he got after pawning KG's ring. Yeah, in between pawning the ring, getting the money, going to place that bet, he took a picture, sent it to Arno, and was like, I'll pay you back, see? And then bet it. So Arno's like, bitch, what do you mean you broke? You have money. But Howard's like, that is money, but it's not mine. I just sent that to you so you'd calm down. The audacity. I love love that he said that is money. Like, yeah, of course it's money. (laughs) Arno knows that Howard placed a bet with that money. And he said that he also knows that he like resurfaced his swimming pool. So he's like, you are not fucking broke. And I was like, how does he know about the swimming pool? It'll make sense later. (laughs) Howard confirms that he did place a bet and that he won big money so that they need to call his bookie Gary to confirm. But the goons are like, "Mm, we talked to Gary already. And Gary says, you've been running around all over town with Arno's money, placing bets. 
And it turns out that Arno actually stopped Howard's bet from happening, which basically fucked them out of $600,000. And it also Mm -hmm. means that KG's ring is trapped at the pawn shop. Yeah, it sure does. That's Arno's fault because with that money, he could have paid back Arno. He mm-hmm. could have gotten KG's ring back. Like mm-hmm. everything would have been hunky dory, you know. He could have gotten his up. Michael Jackson on the cross chain back, which uh-huh. I think is Damani's too. <laughs> the goons strip Howard completely naked and they put him in the trunk of his own car, which is like it's a funny power play move because you're <laughs> not harming anyone, but goddamn, is that annoying? <laughs> what would you even do (laughs) exactly what he did which is call your wife and say hey i locked my keys in the trunk of my car can you come out (laughs) so she comes out pops the trunk and just sees him completely naked she doesn't even say anything she doesn't even even have a look on her face just like yep this is why we're getting divorced (laughs) she's like these antics again still all right yeah uh he also has until monday to get Arno the money that he owes him, which if Arno didn't fuck that bet up, he would have had it already. So Howard goes back into the middle of the play and his older son is like, uh, dad, like, where have you been? Why are you wearing like sweatpants and a sweatshirt? And Howard says, just watch your fucking sister. It's fine. (laughs) So funny. (laughs) Howard finally manages to get in touch with Damani later that night. And Damani says that he's got the gem on him. So Howard's like, you better meet me at this fucking event with the weekend. Before he's getting ready to leave for the event with the weekend, Howard wants to talk to Dina about the whole thing with the trunk, but she is just completely ignoring him while heating up food. His daughter sees him all dressed up and she asks where he's going, but she doesn't say, you know, where are you going, dad? She's like, where are you going? And it seems like she's laughing at him or is like disgusted by him going out so late. And her and Dina even share this like little side eye look with each other. And mm-hmm. Howard's trying to talk to her about how good she was in the play, how proud he is. And she's just really not having it. And she totally blows him off. But you kind of can't really blame her because she's well, old enough to know like the situations that mm-hmm. he gets in and probably even that he's cheating. So and she's just, just really teenage sass him. in general. Yeah, totally. He makes it back into the city and they're at the club event with the weekend. Howard is still trying to find Damani as he sees Julia and right as the weekend is like taking the stage. Howard finally finds Damani who's really just there to party and vibe. Howard's like, hey, my opal, where is it? Where the fuck's my opal? Remember my opal? Give me my opal right now. Mm-hmm. Damani's like, get off my dick. I don't have it. KG still has it. And Howard is like, what the absolute fuck do you mean? <laughs> KG still has it. Howard's losing his mind. Him and Damani start pushing each other. And they almost fight, but they don't. Which I don't think that would happen in real life with toxic masculinity. Because the moment that they started pushing each other, they would have thrown punches. Well, I think Howie kind of realized that Damani's there with his crew. There's a shit ton of people there. He's not trying to get kicked out of that spot. He still needs to keep things cool enough with Damani so that he can get that opal back even though it is like a full day two days late uh time is difficult he doesn't want to get his ass kicked I mean he was just thrown naked in the trunk of his own car why also (laughs) get into a fist fight in the same night you know 
That's true. Yeah. Howard Howard doesn't have goons. Everyone's got goons except for Howard. He's Howard's got no goons. Mm-hmm. He should take some of that money and get some goons, but he don't have no, no. money. <laughs> he is one eight hundred bet that shit. <laughs> uh Julia is also there. Howard is really like staring at her from across the room. And she's just kind of watching and vibing as the weekend is performing. After his performance, Julia is in the bathroom with the weekend doing coke, and he's like really all over her. She has gotten herself into a situation, but mm-hmm. she is kind of playing hard to get. Yeah, like she's not all over him. Which Donnie, skip forward thirty seconds. I would have been if I was in the bathroom <laughs> with the weekend. So good for her. If I was still in blow with the weekend. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh huh. But she does touch his dick because she's like you are super hard right now so but <laughs> and she never says like no i can't i have a boyfriend so she's she's just like flirty. oh my god the whole time i mean it's the fucking weekend <laughs> like come on <laughs> howard almost can't get into the vip room where julia and the weekend are but he sees one of his friends uh flawless i think who comes mm-hmm. and gets him in and flawless asks where the michael jackson pendant is and says that he needs it back so the michael jackson pendant belongs to this dude so it's like oh my god another fucking guy that howard owes money to he's like i pawned your jewelry don't worry about it it's cool i'm a jewelry dealer i have a store you can trust me it's fine yeah howard's like oh it's in my safe bitch no the fuck it isn't pawned (laughs) it at the beginning of the movie goddamn so Flawless tells Howard that Julia went into the bathroom with the weekend and he was like, hey man, that's none of my business. Like he was being pretty cool about it. But Howard just bursts in there and starts trying to fight the weekend, even though Julia's like, we didn't do anything. We were just doing coke. Howard obviously now gets kicked the fuck out and he's threatening yeah. to sue the weekend. And he's like, I know every DJ in the city. They will never play your music. I'm going <laughs> to sue. I'm going to sue you. <laughs> Julia and Howard are now fighting very loudly, very publicly in the street. And Julia says that Howard blew a huge sale for her. So mm-hmm. he was like, what are you selling that? You selling that snatch? Like you selling that ass around town? Oh and he calls her a skank. I don't know what she meant by a sale, but I'm wondering if she meant that she was trying to get the weekend to come into the showroom to buy some jewelry because she works there. Maybe that, or I don't know. Again, I'm not 100% confirmed on what julia's career is i don't know if she's a photographer or a model or a publicist or what but she was trying to do business with the weekend and by business i don't mean coke and fucking hand fondles in the bathroom like actual money business anyway we love a public crazy bitch fight. And that's exactly what mm-hmm. is happening <laughs> with Julia and Howard. She even, he's trying to get into a cab and she's like not letting him. She's jumping in front of the cab, pulling the door open. And she finally says, fuck you, Howard. I'll see you tomorrow, Howard. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> the next day, Howard's on the phone with the woman who's in charge of the auction. And he lies, of course. And he's like, I'm looking right at the opal. But she says... That if she doesn't have it by the end of the day, she's going to pull it from the auction. And next, Howard takes a call from Julia, who really wants to sit down with him and talk. But he says that he can't because he has to work to support her lying, cheating ass. (laughs) 
And he also <laughs> calls KG's manager or like assistant or someone. And he's like, listen, if I don't get this thing back from KG, I am moments away from making things very ugly. And he says, I'm a highly litigious individual. <laughs> Which which is true because he threatened to sue the weekend for doing coke <laughs> with his girlfriend. <laughs> and as he's on the phone, he sees Damani and KG on the showroom security cameras and he hangs up fast as fuck. I think they even showed him that like they had the opal with them. Anyway, they're trying to buzz Damani and KG in through the double doors, but Damani, KG, and the two big-ass security guards are stuck because the doors, it's like a double door. You have to get buzzed into one, and then it closes, and you're in a little, like, little area. It's called a man trap room. Oh, thank you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so they're in the man trap room. That's fancy. And that's and exactly it, what it's for, is to man it's trap, trap people. It's to trap people trying to steal, yeah. you could trap them into room. I would try to trap the weekend in there. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> so KG shows that he has the opal and Howard's like, get a fucking hammer. We got to get into this door. I thought he was going to break the glass door, but he was just trying to like mess with the magnets on the door so that the, the buzzer would work. And at the same time, Flawless shows up and is trying to buzz in. Howard is like, goodbye to fucking Flawless. I need you to leave. <laughs> because he needs to figure out the man trap door to get his opal. While all of this is happening through the door, KG says he wants to buy the opal. He's got 175000 on him. Even though Howard said it's worth well over a million dollars. KG also offers four courtside tickets, four courtside seats, which I would take. But Howard's like, uh, no, because I live in New York and the opal is also tied up in auction. So that's not going to work. But he tells KG he should bid on it at the auction. The issue is KG wants to keep it until then for good luck during his games. But Howard's like, oh, I feel like an asshole because I just fucking love you and I want to say yes, but I can't. All while they're trying to fix the door and like everyone's yelling. It, it was too much. You can tell KG is in love with that rock. Uh -huh. He's like, let me just hold it for like a whole extra day. And you can tell. And let me actually just have it right now. I came back with it, but you should... I should have this. I should keep this. KG's in love with The Rock and Howard's in love with KG. So it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a complicated yeah. love triangle. The door finally opens and KG's like, whatever, just give me my ring so I can leave. And it, at that moment, everyone is just like, oh, fuck. Everyone being me and Howard. Because <laughs> he doesn't have that ring. He, he doesn't have it. Shit. Yeah. He lied and said that he left it in Long Island and that he'll give it to Damani. So then Damani can give it to KG and Howard's trying to apologize to KG while also being pissed at Damani. But Damani is like, this is how this works. I find people to buy your jewelry and I bring them to you. So it's not, Damani is like, it's not my problem that you don't want to sell KG to Opal. Damani is like a hundred percent over Howard's shit at this point. He's gathering his things together. He's trying to grab his watches from the safe. And this is when he sees there's only three of them in there. And Howard's like, oh, I've been loaning them to people. <laughs> so now, which like, what? why? Loaning, Howard? paying off debts, tomato, potato. So Damani's even more pissed now. And he's yelling as Howard is taking a call from his colonoscopy <laughs> doctor. 
for some reason who's like yeah man everything's fine colon's all good looking great and they're chit-chatting about some bullshit this scene is so chaotic because he has his doctor on speakerphone damani is like ransacking a safe like just like you know went to go rush at it really quick and how he's just like back and forth in between like hi yes doctor how is it and then like damani fuck out of my safe damani also pours like a powerade or something into howard's fish tank and howard is like no my fish and he's scrambling around trying to find the glass to put the fish in so they don't die and damani's like fuck your goddamn fish <laughs> and this i don't know if you noticed this this is sad but those fish did die no they glass. straight up did they died damani killed his fish rude so Howard's leaving the showroom and he's talking to the auction lady. And I think her name is Anne on the phone. And he sees Julia in the hallway. She tries talking to him and he just goes, no, <laughs> in her face, super <laughs> loud. And he's like, get your shit out of the apartment by the end of the day. She was pissed and he like knocked a smoothie out of her hand or something. Later that night, it's perfect time for Passover family holiday with <laughs> Howard and his entire family and Howard is super distracted with his phone because Julia sent him a link which I think it was their apartment like posted on Craigslist oh my gosh. and after their dinner he calls Julia and he leaves a voicemail just absolutely chewing her ass out and he's like how fucking dare you like why are you playing these games with me I'm having dinner with my family whatever this is also when we find out that Arno is related to Howard because he was at Seder with all of them. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> he married into the family mm -hmm. and uh, Howard's father-in-law says at one point, like, he fucking told me happy holidays. Like, it's Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, they're having a nice, like, family holiday evening the guys are sitting around smoking cigars talking basketball talking about like business and the opal and all of that a lot of the women were with howard's wife dina and they were like mm -hmm. putting on her dress from her bat mitzvah talking about how cute she looks and how it's oh my god it still fits yeah <laughs> and she's like no i've put on 15 pounds and it's like bitch it obviously still fits you <laughs> and the kids and also how do you only put on 15 pounds between what is it turning 15 to yeah what is she like got three at least a teenager. yeah i would have put on go for her I, I would probably put on 1500 pounds by the time <laughs> i'm that age you know i that scene actually i was really high and i was like shit i wonder if i have any of my prom dresses in my closet i don't <laughs> i do not and uh they're not gonna fit either they're not gonna fit they're not gonna fit so yeah, they, the women were doing that. The guys are sitting around chit-chatting, being masculine, whatever. And the kids were running around looking for like a little hide-and-seek Seder tradition thing. And one of um, Howard's kids ends up finding it. And he was super proud. Also during this time, Howard, for some reason, tries to take the opportunity to talk to Dina about not divorcing. And he says that he's having second thoughts. And she literally just starts laughing in his face. <laughs> and she's like, your face is so stupid. <laughs> but he tries to tell Dina that he's leaving Julia. So I, I guess that, I guess Dina knew that she's he was aware. cheating. Yeah. 
And he was like, it was stupid. It meant nothing. Julia's trash. But Dina is like, I hate being with you. You're the most annoying person I've ever met. I hate looking mm-hmm. at you. Send if I home. had it my way, I would never, ever see you again. Ooh, yikes. Sizzle. He even said at one point, he was like, you can punch me if you want. And she like goes to pretend to hit him. But she's <laughs> like, I don't even want to touch you. So she fucking hates him so much. She doesn't even want to punch him. Oh, man. Hikes. Rough. On their way home, they stop at Howard's apartment in the city and Howard's oldest son goes up with him because he has to use the bathroom. But Howard doesn't want him to, like, see Julia or Julia's stuff. So he just leaves his kid with, like, a random neighbor. And Howard finds a note from Julia basically telling him, like, fuck off, have a nice life. And he sees all of her stuff is gone from the apartment. When Howard and his son are waiting for the elevator, his kid is like, hey, the neighbor said there's some hot chick living in your apartment. Like, is that mom? And Howard's like, don't talk about that shit. Don't talk about that. And his kid is old enough that he's like, um, okay. Like, it's kind of obvious. His Like, well, if I'm is... not supposed to talk about it, then it's obviously not mom. So what the fuck? Yeah. And I don't know if you noticed, but this whole scene was much more calm than the rest of the movie. You know, there are a couple scenes that I've noticed that are like that, that kind of like, especially revolving Howie's family um, because it kind of just shows that like things can be normal and they can be calm. So like when he's at uh, his daughter's play, he kind of like, there's this relaxing moment of like him, like watching like gold coins fall out of his daughter's mouth where he's just like, huh, that is kind of neat. That's so cool how they did that. And Mm -hmm. afterwards, when he said he was going to that weekend party, he did try and take a moment to be like, hey, I, you know, really i'm really proud of you you did good in your play that was awesome and she's just like yeah sure whatever dad like you're not present enough for this and then you know there's some moments at passover where it's you know just kind of like quiet and he's chilling and he's talking with um oh like i think like his grandpa or something like that uh, or his father-in-law his father-in-law sorry Mm -hmm. he's talking to his his father-in-law about basketball and stuff like that and like there are these moments where like his life with his family seem quiet and uninterrupted and unchaotic and it's like if you made less chaotic fucking gambling decisions and financial decisions your life could be a lot different and it Mm -hmm. just kind of like goes to show you but that's not the type of person how he is that's not the type of character we're portraying here so yeah back to the chaos next morning chaos yeah we are going to auction (laughs) oh man he sees the brochure and by the way he still doesn't have the opal right um no he did get it back from kg remember kg got stuck in the man trap room brought it back did not get his ring so he has the opal he does have okay this is how easy it is to lose track of, like, the bullshit that he's gotten himself into. Like, like how how many different things are we trading here? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So he sees the brochure for the auction and opens it to the Opal listing. And it's only mm-hmm. listed for, like, one hundred and fifty to $200,000, mm-hmm. which, by the way, is in the range that KG offered to pay him. Literally. And Howard's like, um, this bitch, this is a mistake. Let me speak with Anne. Him and Anne are arguing on the phone about the appraisal, and she basically says, I'm going to leave it as is, or I'm going to pull it. 
he wants her to announce before the auction that the initial appraisal is correct and it's closer to like 700,000 to a yeah. million and it just doesn't end up panning out that way. At this time his father-in-law and I think one of his nephews show up to the auction because they want to meet KG and they know he's going to be there. Mm-hmm. So they have a bunch of stuff that they want KG to sign and <laughs> he asks his father-in-law to help jack up the bid prices because Howard wants it at at least 250,000. Man, KG literally bought 175k to uh-huh. your showroom, to your office. And you were like, no, that's okay. I'm going to have him come to the auction and attempt to bid over 250 for it. And this is the funny part because he could, Anne is saying, well, why don't you just pull it from auction then? So he could say, okay, I'm going to pull it from auction and then sell it to KG mm-hmm. and have the $175,000, which is what ends up happening. Anyways. No, don't worry. And we didn't do that. We made it way more complicated because he wants more money, more sure. money. So he's forcing and pushing to keep it in auction because he wants the really high payout when he could just get 175000 for it, which is like we find out $75,000 profit. Whatever. We'll get there. It's time for the auction. You can see the magic and the greed in KG's eyes. <laughs> They're bidding back and forth on the Opal and the Howard's father-in-law. Mm-hmm. Howard's father-in-law is helping the bid climb up a little bit. KG goes over 175 and someone with him, like a manager or something, she's like, we only had 175. And he's like, it's fine. It's fine. But he doesn't go past 190. And Howard's father-in-law ends up winning the bidding war. Like, fuck, dude. Oh, my God. So, again, Howard is ending up with the Opal anyways. But now his father-in-law had to pay that bill and the money went straight to Howard with a little bit off the top. So now he owes another person money. What did they say? It was like 20, 30 grand somewhere in there that he ne- is going to owe his father-in-law from the mm-hmm. the fee that he owes Anne mm-hmm. when he could have just pulled it from the auction and given it to KG and had the profit. So no, I'm gonna, like, I it's think happening I'm gonna make again. For it. I really believe it. Yeah. Those are my valuables. I'm going to sell them on eBay. So now he's not going to be able to pay back Arno. He's not going to be able to pay back his father-in-law. Mm-hmm. Things are just unraveling so fucking quickly for little Howie. Howard is trying to tell Arno and the goons how he's going to get the money and they're just not having it because they were at the auction too to like see what ended up happening. Yeah. They're like, Hey, we heard you have this really big crystal that you're going to make yeah. a lot of money on. Like yep. we're here to get that. So hook it up. Yeah. But that didn't happen. So instead they throat punch him <laughs> and they punch him in the face and they toss his ass in a fountain. <laughs> uh So back at Howard's showroom, he is looking like absolute shit. His nose is all bleeding. The little fishies are dead in the cups. And he tells one of his employees, he's like, fucking send everyone home. I don't feel like working today. We're not doing this. Julia goes in his office and he finally starts breaking down. He's talking about how sad he is, how fucked up everything is. He's crying. I'm honestly surprised he made it this long without losing his mind. Because me, one minor inconvenience in a day, I'm 100% done. And listen, 
it, that inconvenience could just be my iced coffee doesn't taste right. And I'm going <laughs> to like, I would need to take a personal That doesn't even day. have anything to do with goons. No, or money. Like it's not that deep. I mean, it's like a $6 iced coffee, but you know, it's not that serious. He's hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt to very different, very incredibly dangerous people. Yeah. And oh, I bet he does one of those breakdowns at least every two yeah. weeks for sure. Hopefully. So Julia apologizes. She's like, I'm sorry if this has anything to do with me, which I thought was nice. It was a, it was a decent apology. But he's like, it doesn't have anything to do with you, but I wish you were nicer to me. <laughs> and he was like, it was not nice what you did to me while he was crying. <laughs> and honestly, they have pretty decent communication skills, like all things considered. <laughs> You're just looking at this from like, you know, your counselor, therapist background yeah. of, yeah, good, emo good emoting, good, apology, good emoting, good emoting, good job, like... <laughs> Honestly, A plus all around. I'd be really happy with that outcome if I was in charge of that conflict resolution. <laughs> <laughs> Julia also says that she has something that will help make him feel better. And she got a tattoo. This is Howie on her ass. <laughs> and he's like, I'm not worthy. <laughs> you know, that was actually her idea to do that shit for the movie, right? She's no, like, what if I tattoo his name on my ass? That'd be great. Does she actually have that tattoo? Mm, I don't think actually, no, but it was her idea to just be like, hey, what if we do like this? Which so is funny. unhinged, and I love it. <laughs> so at this time, someone from KG's office calls Howard, and they offer the initial offer of $175,000 for the gym. And he's like, amazing. His mood is totally rejuvenated. And now maybe he can pay Arno. Yay. But he also oh needs God. to uh, pay his father-in-law back now. <laughs> so he goes back to the pawn shop and gets KG's ring. And of course, they're making like all sorts of deals. He finally gets the ring back just in time. He's walking back to the showroom right as KG is walking up. KG wants to talk to Howard. And he's basically like, the fuck is your problem? You've been fucking with my emotions. Mm -hmm. This rock makes me rock hard. And all Ew. I want is this opal. <laughs> Whatever. KG hands over the money. And he's like, I already took some out to pay Damani. So it's fine. He finally gets the opal. For some reason, KG wants to know what Howard initially paid for the opal. And yeah. Howard is avoiding that question like fucking the plague. Yeah, doing the classic, well, let me talk around that. And all while this is happening, Arno's goons, they're descending. They are at the fucking door, being let in for some reason. I think Howard needs new employees who are in charge of the buzzer. Because we should know that those goons are not allowed in the showroom. <laughs> they're just like, oh, someone's at the door. Buzz. Buzz. <laughs> Maybe buzz. Let them in. Buzz. I don't know who. I don't remember you from last week when um, something Ripped happened. Yussie buzz. Dirt. Yeah. <laughs> you fucked Yussi up and stole a bunch of shit. <laughs> oh, you put hands on my coworker? I better buzz you in. Buzz. <laughs> I'm sick of this shit. He won't cover my shifts, Buzz. <laughs> I didn't even get my paycheck on time, Buzz. <laughs> he ate the last donut in the staff room on Friday, Buzz. <laughs> he made me clean up all that glass KG broke, Buzz. <laughs> so yeah, Howard finally admits that he paid $100,000 for the Opal. So he ends up with kind of like a $65,000 profit after Damani is paid. And KG is like, mm, that's fucked up that you paid these miners in Ethiopia 
so low for something that Howard thought was worth a million dollars. Point KG, capitalism sucks. That's fucked up. That's exploitation. Yep. Howard starts on this rant because he doesn't want KG to be mad at him or think differently of him. So Howard starts ranting that this is no different than when KG could win by 30 points compared to one point. Just because you can win by one point doesn't mean that it doesn't feel good and feel way better to win by 30 points. And somehow Howard says, well, let's look at what the people in Vegas are betting on you today. And they're basically betting very low against KG and the Celtics to win. And KG's like, they don't know shit about ball, whatever. Mm -hmm. They don't know what they're talking about. Howard is egging on this anger a little bit. He's like, does that not make you want to just say, fuck you for doubting me? And then he's like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to take all the money that you just gave me and I'm going to place it all on you and the Celtics tonight. So he's and just given, another bad decision, Howie. <laughs> given a roundabout pep talk to hype up KG to go win the game so he can win all this money. <laughs> yeah, Howie straight up basically like, thank you so much for paying me all this money for the crystal, but you got it. You're the man. You're the boy. Yeah. You got the rock. Go ball. You know what? In fact, I'm going to hype you more. All this fucking money you just gave me for this rock. I'm going to bet on your ass. He owes the people at the door money, and I don't know, just it's so, yeah. it's so much. And Howard knows he won't be able to walk out of the door with the money because the goons mm -hmm. are in the showroom. Mm -hmm. So he texts Julia and he's like, Run next door, stick your head out the window. And he hands her the bag of money, tells her to take the bag to go place the bet. Like, leaning outside of the building. Like, let yeah. me just yeet you a duffel full of money. Yeah. He, like, scribbles down the complicated bets that it is that he likes to do. Uh -huh. Throws one sticky note in the bag and is like, run to the casino! And she's yeah. like, okay, how you bet? <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah, I don't know why she's so down. Well, it's because Adam Sandler. Well, she tattooed his name on her ass. She's fucking down. She's, she's a down, down to clown until she's dead yeah. on the ground. She's down as B. <laughs> So KG leaves the showroom and Howard tells Arno that they're about to hit big because he gave KG the gem, put money on it, all of that. Arno is like, um, why is my money on the way to a casino and not in my hot little hands right now? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Goons are pissed and they hang Howard out the window by his ankles. And this helps them find out which casino Julia is on her way to and they make Howard call her. But he doesn't do it. He can't do it. Like, he's dialing her number, and at the last minute, he just hangs up. He's like, I'm sorry, I can't. Oh, and my that's gosh. How... Can you imagine being hung out of a window, and then you say you're going to do something to get pulled back in, and then you just don't? Well, that's how deep the, the manipulation is. He'd rather have the... He, like, literally, he'd... He's at risk of dying, and he's like, but the bet, though. Like, I'm a, I know but I'm going to get it. the money of it. I can make some shmoney. <laughs> Anyway, the goons go to leave, but Howard traps them in the doors. What are they called? The man trap man doors? They get trapped in the man trap. The men get trapped. The mans get trapped in the man trap door. And he's like, it's just until after the game, so we can see if we oh, win the bet. And as soon as he did that, I was like, what if you lose the bet? <laughs> now you got goons trapped in the door. One of them's got a <laughs> then gun. One of the goons has a gun. Dumbass. <laughs> 
at one point that dude literally pulls out the gun and points it at him and is like uh-huh. let us out and they're like no 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 it's bulletproof like that's just gonna ricochet it's not gonna be good and then how he just literally traps them in there and keeps them in there and holds them a hostage it's not and turns on the game in the tv in the showroom <laughs> and he's like and is like let's watch. go let's go kg <laughs> and he's like explaining the bet because i guess the way that the way that this bet works like it's not just the amount of points that kg makes but it's points mm-hmm. and rebounds and like one basket is like a point and one rebound mm-hmm. is a point so they need 26 points of those things combined to win the bet so he's like, that's a point, that's three, that's seven, that's 15, mm-hmm. whatever. You got to really know basketball and betting to follow that. And if you're not somebody who does, you can still enjoy this. <laughs> got to know basketball or betting, because I don't know betting, but I know basketball, so I can like piece the rest of it together. You can still <laughs> enjoy it if you're not like super fluent in betting and or basketball. It's high stakes. You have three people trapped in a room. You can understand that. With a gun. And you need to win. You need to win the bet. (laughs) So Julia does make it to the casino and she places the bet in the exact same way that I would. She reads it off a sticky note. She's like, I don't know. I don't know. She keeps saying, I don't know. And she just dumps the money on the counter. She's like, I don't know. (laughs) That's what I would do if I Peter, my boyfriend told me to bring this to you. There you go. Do it. Take my shit. My ass hurts (laughs) from my tattoo. (laughs) So she calls Howard and he puts his phone on speakerphone and has her tell the locked up goons the bet while the game is on. This is when we find out that the bet is for uh, $1,225,000. Which will be the payout if everything goes smooth, yeah. swim, swimmingly, smoothingly. Smoothingly and swimmingly. S- smooth. Oh God uh-huh. damn. Mm-hmm. Immediately, KG is killing it. Howard is watching with the kidnapped goons and Arno, and Julia is watching from the casino with two older dudes, one of which Mm -hmm. was in the helicopter with her, and he was, like, aggressively hitting on her, telling her, like, come on, come up to my room, we're gonna party, I'm in this penthouse, whatever. Mm -hmm. While she's watching, she sees a goon looking for her at the casino. Not good. Not the same goons that are locked up. Just like a different random guy who's like a little obvious. I think we also forgot to mention that Howie actually did book Julia a helicopter from where they were at to the casino. So she was in the helicopter with this random dude who was like, hey, let's hang out later. Then they get to the casino. She places her bed and he's like, hey, I found you again. Come to my room. And she's just (laughs) like, no. And then she does go up to the creepy dude's room to hide from the goons which was super smart it was smart and luckily he was not being that creepy in the room i mean like he's an he's an old dude he's like i gotta go take a shower really quick (laughs) yeah but he was like i got other friends coming up like i have Mm -hmm. food coming so i liked that she wasn't unsafe like it was annoying and he was kind of creepy but he just went and took a shower and like was blow drying his hair while she was watching the game well you know he only showered because he thought it was gonna fuck yeah yeah that's true (laughs) he's like hun get get the door Uh, he's like i love that you're into this game so much and she's like trying to turn it on and watch (laughs) yeah (laughs) um it's also important to note that the goon that is looking for her is not one of the goons that was in the man trap so this goon is a goon for those goons 
So he's like a goon's goon. I dare you, you know? to say goon one more time. <laughs> it's too much. It's a super close game. And they win. They won the motherfucking bet. $1.2 million. Even Arno is like, holy shit. Because that's basically like his brother-in-law, you know? Mm-hmm. They're like, oh my god. So Howard Son lets the goons out. He doesn't even think twice about it. Let's the goons on out. He's like, we win. We win. You get your money. I get my money. We're all winning. You get money. You get money. Father-in-law gets money. Julia's getting money. Everyone's getting money. Let's the goons out. And one of them immediately shoots Howard in the head. And Howard dies. On sight. When this happened the first time, shock and awe. Like, just... It's so shocking. And... It's also really fucking sad because, like, finally, mm-hmm. he, he finally he came gonna, up. Maybe he was going to be able to reset. Maybe he was going to divorce we know he his wouldn't wife. Have. We know he wouldn't have, though. We know he, w- he wouldn't have, but Whatever. there was a glimmer of hope at one point mm-hmm. where it's like, you finally have enough money to to pay off Arno. You have enough money to pay off your father-in-law. You have enough money to buy that stupid um, Michael Jackson on the cross's Jesus yeah. chain back from the pawn shop to give it back to Flawless. You yeah. have enough money to get divorced, to get, you know, your your little apartment situation. I don't know if that was actually listed on Craigslist or not, but like <laughs> you have the money to do that shit. You just came up. Like you could even buy- I don't think he could buy that freaking opal back from kg at this point he's married to it but it's like okay there's a glimmer there's like enough cash flow like he might be okay he might make a good decision and then just boom shot right in the face and arno is pissed that one of his goons killed howard because we don't know if howard would have given arno the money but I don't think Arno ever wanted Howard dead over this, which is why they yeah. never really physically injured him other than punching him. They just they him put naked him naked in the trunk. They hung him out trunk. of a window. Yeah. You know, big scare tactics that are not, you know, physically debilitating. Yeah. So Arno's pissed. And then the goon shoots Arno in the head, too. And the two remaining goons are starting to steal the jewelry. Yeah, And Julia makes the creepy old dude cash out for her to keep herself safe. And she makes it out with the money. And I hope she keeps every fucking cent of it. Really? Honestly, oh man. You know, the end of the movie does actually like do a... uh, like a zoom in onto the bullet wound in Adam Sandler's face and it does like the same intro of like going into that weird like biologically wet looking situation coming out of a you know opal again and then all of that cool imagery but Mm -hmm. oh man and honestly like at the end of that movie I was just thinking like can you imagine that you know, there was this entire movie build up to winning this 1.2 mil. And at the end, the only thing that we're seeing is like these guys just like taking all the jewelry out of a shop, doing like a basic bitch, like jewelry store robbery. Yeah. Like, like and th- you know, they're going to go pawn all that too. Yeah, totally. So that's it. What a good movie, honestly. So it keeps good. you on the edge of your seat the whole time. Um, I would say, that, again, the rewatch value is for sure mids. Um, you don't have the same amount of suspense and like, holy fucking shit, what is going on factor as you do for the first watch. But it's still good and you pick up on mm-hmm. stuff that um, you know you wouldn't necessarily the first time. 
Yeah, and like I said, there's a lot of people who do not like this movie. I mean, it's only got like 50% ratings from viewers. But I think the reason why people don't like it is because Howard is such an unlovable sack of shit. Like, <laughs> he just keeps making decisions that really piss you as a viewer off. But I just couldn't, I still couldn't help but, like, love him and cheer for him and, like, want him to just break out of this. And, you know, even though he was such an incredible sack of shit, I did really <laughs> want to see him win. And when he won the $1.2 million, like I was so excited and happy for him. And then when he died, I was so sad too, even though part of me was like, well, yeah. See Which is won. literally like a 20 second <laughs> frame oh, yeah. for you to have that emotional roller coaster yeah. in. Yeah, and but you know, the more you're gonna fuck around, the more you're gonna find out. Also, <laughs> so <laughs> do you want the last of my fun facts? I burned most of them already, but hit me. So, uh, Yessi is played by a real life celebrity jeweler from New York's Diamond District. Good for His him. Name Never is... been. I know. I don't know if I want to go after this movie. It seems stressful. <laughs> Yes, he is played by Maksud Agajani, and this dude Maksud even lent an expensive bracelet to rapper Takashi Six Nine, and he never got it back. So, oh man, I wish I cared about that drama a little bit. But I well, just, li oh. life imitates art because that all happened <laughs> after this movie fucking happened. No, -uh. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, <laughs> or after they filmed the movie at least because they filmed this. I don't remember. Sometime in the 20 teens, and the bracelet with Takashi Six Nine happened in uh, 2018. Uh, my last fun fact, which is my most favorite fun fact of all time, is that this movie has it is the fourth most f bombs in film history. It's got the fourth most fuck words in this movie. Clocks but, in at uh, 560 variations of fuck, fucking, fucker, fuck it, whatever. <laughs> number one movie is Swearnet. It's got 935. Uh, number two movie is Fuck, which is a documentary about the word fuck itself. 857 <laughs> fuck words. And number three, another incredible movie, Wolf of Wall Street at 569. So it just barely squeaked by Uncut Gems because Uncut Gems had 560. That's amazing. So I, I like that little fucking fun fact. <laughs> it's a fucking good one. <laughs> so that's it. Yeah. That's cool. so crazy. What do you what are your final thoughts? I like this movie. I like it a lot. It's absolutely crazy. It is a wild ride. I also really love the fact that the Safety brothers. It was inspired by their father who spent a lot of time as a salesman in the Diamond District in New York. He actually worked with a guy named Howard. Mm -hmm. um, so they kind of like pulled off of reality a lot for that, which is fun and exciting. But this movie's just so crazy, man. It's a ride. It's a trip. And again, I don't really care about Rotten Tomatoes, but I think everyone should watch this movie just to yeah. be taken along for a ride for something where Adam Sandler is playing a different kind of idiot <laughs> yes retweet <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's a it's a pretty good movie depicting a gambling addiction like a 
oppressive and gambling addiction and basketball. Kevin Garnett Kevin finding Garnett. his fucking <laughs> crystal obsession. Yeah, finding his place in the in the crystal world. What you got for a rating? I'm gonna give it three out of five stars. Ooh, that's low for you. It is. It is low for me, but I did have a fun time with it. Why three out of five? I think I just wanted so I think it's just one of those things where it upsets me because of the decisions that the character are making. And it just makes me feel some type of way where I'm just like, I need you to do more or better or this or that. And maybe, maybe it should deserve a higher rating just because it does like Howard's character plays so much on your emotions of I want you to make one good fucking decision during this movie Jesus Christ stop yeah. ruining it but yeah. it's still a good time it's a great watch I give it like a strong three like a yeah it was you usually like a stronger more like in your face like absurd movie mm-hmm. and this is just a very slow burn like the things that happen aren't that crazy it's just the way that they put it together, the direction, all of the the dialogue, everything, the music even, it all adds up and makes it mm-hmm. an anxiety-inducing, crazy fucking movie about this dude. So, oh, yeah. no, and your rating makes sense for you. And the first, the first time I ever watched this movie with Trev, we put it on, and every scene, we turned and looked at each other with our mouth open going, what the fuck did he just do? What the fuck did he just do? What the fuck is happening? So it's a good time. And if you're listening to this podcast without having watching this first, um, just go do it anyways. Yeah. You'll still be shocked. Even though, you know, now that Howard dies at the end, you'll still be just fucking gobsmacked with his shockingly idiotic decisions. So, I like this movie a lot because it is the kind of movie that I feel like everyone can get something from it because it's not overly about partying. It's not like overly sexual. Obviously there's a lot of fucking language in this movie, Mm -hmm. but it's, it does such a good way of bringing you into like the culture of the diamond district and like what it's like to be someone with a gambling addiction like it just felt very real and it feels like something that lots of different people can enjoy which is why i like Mm -hmm. it so much because like i can sit down and watch this movie with my parents and i can sit down and watch it with donnie i can watch it by myself i can watch it with a friend whatever and it wouldn't be one of those movies where like wow i hope they fucking like this movie because you think they're gonna like it 100 percent. okay so what are you what are you rating it this one's a four out of five for me. Oh, wow. <laughs> still not a five out of five. I still don't know what is a five out of five, but yeah, not quite there for me with five out of five, but it's still incredible. High. One of my favorite movies. That's the highest time. rating that you will have given at all ever. I think so, yeah. So that's it. We don't know what we're watching next. So don't. We ask really us. don't. We need to decide. Um, I kind of want to go with something scary next because we've had two not scary movies in a row. Mm -hmm. But I don't know what. So the anticipation is going to kill you guys. But whatever it is, it's going to be really fucking good because I am on summer vacation after this week. (laughs) 
<laughs> so I have so much time for podcasting. I'm kind of hoping we can record together in person at one point. Maybe we can figure Ooh. out the logistics of that somehow. Um, yeah, that'll be fun. It'll be fun. It's it's going to be good. We'll get all sorts of fucking stuff coming your guys' way this summer. So For sure. Um, we've also had a lot of people reach out to us, mostly my coworkers and stuff, about <laughs> like, hey, can I be on the show or can I sit in or something like that. So right now, I feel safe saying if there's a movie that you love and you're obsessed with and you want us to watch and you want to hop on and you want to chit chat about it. Let us know what movie it is, and we'll definitely consider that for mm -hmm. sure. Also, um, are you interested in a live watch, in a live react to something maybe we haven't seen before? Let us know. Follow us on Instagram, Puff Puff Pass the Popcorn. Check out those reels that Rachel does such a good job making. <laughs> Thank um, you. Tell your friends about us. Spread the good word of the nonsense that is this yeah. podcast yeah and thanks for listening godspeed and we'll see you nope we won't um you can listen to us next time yeah god bless adam sandler <laughs> god bless kevin garnett the crystal witch <laughs> and god bless gambling addiction <laughs> 1-800, no, but really, gambling is a serious disease. We're going to post that number in the show notes. Um, call if you have problems. Do not bet it all on black. Just um, know when to fold them, Kenny Loggins. Go ahead and call 1-800-GAMBLER if you have issues. Is you... that it? It's not 1-800-BET-THAT-SHIT? No, it is 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey, really quick, should I... Bet it all on KG. <laughs> Bet it all. Put it all on KG. Put it all on KG. Oh, God. You can tell we are not a betting family. <laughs> <laughs> okay, bye. Okay, bye.